everyone, welcome to Exploit It, and it's this is our midweek bonus episode where we talk about Tales from the Crypt. I'm Alexis Strowski. And I'm the blood of a virgin goat. Oh, yeah! Oh, Gavin Daly. And this week it's Season 2, Episode 7, The Sacrifice, directed by Richard Allen Greenberg. Not to be confused with Richard Greenberg, the Tony Award-winning playwright that Wikipedia linked to for this episode, until I <laughs> decided to fix it. That would be funny, though. And while I was there, I checked in, and that swim vandalism was back. Oh, no. <laughs> the war continues. Yeah. Uh, Richard Allen Greenberg was a visual effects artist. He worked on the visual effects for Predator, Last Action Hero, and then your favorite movie, Lady yeah. Hawk. Oh, See, Predator actually is one of my favorite movies, but I did not like Lady Hawk, for those of you who don't know. He also directed the 1989 movie Little Monsters, which I do not like. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's got Fred Savage, and I think it's Howie Mandel plays a monster. Uh, that does not sound good. It's it's a kid movie. Oh, maybe my, maybe my kids would like it. This story, The Sacrifice, was originally published in Shock Suspense Stories, number 10, August 1953. I mean, it's a very common year for, for this show. Yep. This is starring Kevin Kilner as James, who did lots of TVs and lots of random roles in movies, but nothing that really like, ooh, I gotta note that. Don Hood has Sebastian Fielding. Uh, Wikipedia linked to a baseball player named Don Hood. That's not this <laughs> man. You don't say. No, this man's not a baseball player. He's an actor. Bunch of random television and movies, some that we might actually watch. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like oh. Bad Girls and Ed Wood and the Savage oh. Bees. Savage Bees, you say? Well, I mean, I'm sure we've got another bee week in us. Oh, yes. We could do bees for like a month if we wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure we'll return to bees because it's fun. Yeah, that was a fun pairing of episodes. I did I did have a good time with the bees last time. Then we have Kim Delaney as Gloria. In the 80s, she earned a daytime Emmy for her work on All My Children. Then she was in 137 episodes of NYPD Blue. Yeah, that was a show. Yep, 104 episodes of a show called Army Wives. You know who was the really the real star of NYPD Blue? Dennis Franz's ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> they got top billing. Um, she also won another daytime Emmy in 2020 for being in General Hospital. She's done so, s some movies like Dark Man Two, but she's mostly TV. And mostly soap opera or soap opera adjacent shows. Yes. And that's a completely different podcast. No, I will not be part of that. I would hate that one. God, that might be the most miserable thing to like. And we're going to sit down and watch 10 episodes of Days of Our Lives this week. I'll end, up like the guy, I'll end up like the guy at the end of this fucking episode. You know, TV Guide, they would have a, um, a, a section in it that was like soaps. And it would just give recaps of everything that happened in the soap operas that week. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Somebody had to write that. Which means somebody had to watch all of those. Yeah. And then finally we have the great Michael Ironside has Jerry. Yeah. I who, mean, Michael Ironside is great. Yeah, he's an actor like Miguel Ferrer, known for his great performances as a villain. Or just a general hard-ass dude like in Starship Troopers. Right. We actually haven't done anything with Ironside in it yet. I'm sure we will get there. Yeah, he's in like 800 movies. So anyway, Crypt Keeper's cooking. He's got on a chef's hat and an apron, and he's like putting together, Eye of Newt, Bladder of a Cobra, Whisker of a Rat. And he's like, oh, hey, kitties, I was just whipping up a snack here. 
<laughs> and we get the uh, the part where he's like, I need the blood of a sacrificed goat. And then this goat just is right there. And he's like, oops, it's gotta be a virgin goat. <laughs> like, I guess you're off the hook. Yeah. I don't know how he can tell that that goat's fucked, but okay. Well, you have to ask. And he's like, tonight's story is about a different kind of sacrifice. A sacrifice made for love. Which we've seen dozens of times on this show. Yeah, that's pretty much the entirety of the show. Yeah, a lot of Tales from the Crypt are people doing dumb shit for love. Much like soap operas. That's true. S slightly less selective amnesia. Yep. So we get the beaches of sunny California, shots of downtown LA, really sleazy noir sacks. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> the 80s. Yep, music is you my... Go ahead. Even if this was... It's like actually a 1990. Look, anything made in 1990 is still the 80s. Yeah. The music is by Jonathan Elias, whose name may not be familiar, but you've heard his music. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he helped usher in electronic and rock music into advertising, putting an end to the domination of the jingle, and created high standards for commercial scoring. Wow, a pioneer. Yeah, he did the music for the MTV Moon Landing when they launched in 1983. Oh, wow. He did Apple's first sound mark. Uh, you know that Yahoo Yodel that they advertised with forever, that Yahoo? Yes, I, I do remember that. He created that. This guy's a legend in his, in his own field, for sure. Yeah, he he has an, his own agency that works with all kinds of corporations to create advertising sounds. You know, good for him. He found a niche and became the master of it. Yep. He's also produced a few... Albums for Duran Duran, Yes, and Robert Downey Jr. I was not aware Robert Downey Jr. did an album. Neither was but, I. But Duran Duran is one of my favorite favorite uh, new wave bands, so I'm vibing. And this Jonathan Ilias, he also scored Leprechaun 2. Right on. And other movies we'll encounter, such as Children of the Corn and stuff. Wow, this guy had quite, has had quite a career. Mm -hmm. Low-key, low under the radar just uh killing it good for him yep so this episode's you know once we get past the credits we get to meet insurance agent james an all-around 80s guy james yep immediately sleazy in this elevator checking out this woman he's just like leering at her and he's paying attention to like what she pressed and she's he's like how's your neighbor you know because you you pressed p2 and i'm going to p1 so your neighbor's with sebastian fielding and she's like, yeah, sure, okay, you're a salesman, right? Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can sell anything to anyone. So we meet his his client, Sebastian Fielding, who is a vulgar man. <laughs> yeah, he is He is kind of a shithead. He's like, oh, God, this, this city is a whore's dream. And all he cares about is money and pussy. So much so that he taught it to his parents? <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's talk or he's talked about it enough, at least, that his parents are repeating it. Yeah, because he's playing with this parrot, and the parrot's just going, Money and pussy! Money and pussy! And then they go into this, this balcony overlooking the ocean, and he's like, What do you see, James? Take a look. What do you see? The ocean, uh, a little sliver of it anyway. Yeah, a little further over the right. Now, what do you see? L.A. No, sir. What you're looking at is the money, pussy, and bullshit capital of the Western world. 
I mean, he's probably not wrong. Nope. And apparently he owns both of the penthouses because he doesn't like nosy neighbors, which um, gives him like a real estate value of something like $9 million. Yeah, he's got this penthouse up at the top of some building here. Yeah. You own this penthouse, correct, Mr. Phil? That's right. Also, penthouse number two. I bought them both because I don't like nosy neighbors around. Isn't that right, big guy? Money and wussy. What do you think? So, Mr. Fielding, your real estate replacement value, including contents, comes to approximately $9 million? Yeah, you got that right. He's like, do you know why I requested you to be my insurance agent? Because A, Jerry, who runs the agency, is a friend of his. And B, he knows he can milk this uh, young salesman for 30% of his commission and get kickbacks. Yeah, basically, he doesn't want to pay full price for his uh, his insurance, yeah. so he's just going to steal the money from the salesman. And he's like, "You, well, why? Why?" But then Gloria comes in, and we realize that she's married to Sebastian, and she's friendly enough to to James. And we learn through conversation that he lives on a boat. Do you remember what his boat was called? Uh, why not? Or so. Yep, that's exactly what that? it's. And Gloria's like, oh, that's cute. And Sebastian's like, yeah, it was real cute the first time I heard it two or three hundred boats ago. Yeah, he's just kind of an asshat. And so a couple days later, Gloria shows up at his boat. And James is like, hey, you're not the first wife to come crawling after the guy that sold her husband insurance. And I have to wonder, is that a thing? Does that regularly happen? It might. I mean, you get a big life insurance policy, but you aren't sure who the beneficiary there he is, because the dude is, well, like the dude in this, in this episode. So you're like, I don't know who it is, and maybe you go and you can uh, smooth talk the agent out of okay. the information. So that's what happens here. They fuck, and it's like really sleazy. It feels like Red Shoe Diaries. I was going to say, it kind of reminded me of like Silk Stockings or whatever um fucking... USA late night. And um, I thought we were going to get our first nipple of the series. Yeah, no, we didn't, though. No. And so after they do it, he's like, well, yeah, you're the beneficiary, but your husband's going to live to be 104, barring an accident. And she's like, oh, gee, I don't know about that. And he's like, you're everything I've ever wanted. I totally just love you. And I'm it- like, I mean, look, she's she's cute and all, but, but, but why? So James goes to visit Sebastian again. There's that fucking money and pussy parrot, you know, flapping around. He's got the paperwork finalized. He's got a big envelope of cash for Sebastian. So he's like, let's set up a celebration party. But meanwhile, let me wander off onto the balcony and blab about smog for a minute. Put my nice juicy backside right where you can push me off the edge. Yep, and that's exactly what James does. And he's like... Oh shit, I just killed a dude, and Gloria's, like, cold, man. She She's more calm and chill about this than James. Right. She's like, now I get to call the cops and try to sound just a little hysterical. And then, so she's talking to the detectives while James is hiding out, and the detectives bring up the, uh, did you know your husband had agreed to take out a $10 million life insurance policy with you as the sole beneficiary? And she's like, oh, he did? Yeah, but he hadn't signed the paperwork yet. If your husband signed those papers, that would give you the motive. But you don't have the motive now, so you're totally innocent. Goodbye. Right. That's why they didn't have him sign the papers. <laughs> just so they could inherit the rest of it without yeah. looking like I killed him for the insurance money. 
And so he's like, I love you. I love everything about you. And we're getting that sleazy saxophone. They're going right into another Red Shoe Diary scene. But then the doorbell rings. And it's James's boss, Jerry Jasper, the great Michael Ironside. And he's like, Sebastian was my friend. I came by to make sure that you were all okay. And it feels totally sus. Because it is. It's like, yeah, he learned pretty damn fast. And Gloria's like, what the fuck are you doing here, Jerry? Jerry's like, oh, yeah, you see, Sebastian and I were friends, but I had a thing for Gloria. We used to be real, real close until she met Sebastian, and I could never, ever let her go. And he goes into about just how fucking obsessed he was over her. Like, I bought the building across the street so I could watch them every night, and I have my my telescope camera, and I take pictures of her. And I was taking pictures tonight, and guess what? I saw you kill Sebastian. It's like, yeah, I was being a huge creeper, but also... Yeah, they're like, okay, how much do you want? I just want to share Gloria, which is pretty ew. <laughs> he doesn't want money. Yeah. He's he just like, I just want to fuck Gloria. I get so, her from dusk till dawn, and you have her the rest of the time. So of the money and pussy uh, duality, he has got plenty of the money. He needs the other half. <laughs> yeah. He needs the pussy to balance out the The money. And then he's like, let's start right away. Come on, Gloria. And so we get uh, James looking out over the city, being all alone. Flashbacks of Sebastian talking about, you're looking at the money, pussy, bullshit, capital of the world. Uh, We see the whole murder again. So Gloria returns home just like exhausted. Yep. And we learn that it's been going on now for three months. Because James is like, what did he do this time? And holy shit, the story she tells here. Yeah, it's pretty fucking grim. He's thought up a new wrinkle. Two in the morning we drove to a supermarket and... He made me go in and hire street people. To do what? Watch us have sex. Jasper and me. They were so dirty. God, they were so... Filthy. Filthy dirty. It's like something out of the movies we fucking watch on their faces. And she's like, it was so filthy and gross and dirty. And I'm like, it is. You fucking hired homeless people to watch you have sex. Some Emmanuel LaSorlene shit going on here. (laughs) Yeah. James is like, oh, we can't do that. We can't let that go on. And she's like, no, no. It has to go on for as long as Jasper wants, otherwise we go to jail forever. <laughs> and then another night she comes home to an empty apartment and she can't find James. She runs to the marina and finds out that he's he's overdosed on Nembutal. I don't even know what that is. It is some sort of barbiturate or something. Well when I looked it up, Google told me help is available. You can dial or text 988 for suicide crisis hotlines. So what is it, like, quietus from fucking uh, <laughs> Children of Men? Is this a suicide pill? Well, I, when I scrolled down far enough, it's phenobarbital. It's what they use for euthanasia. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So but, literally, literally a suicide medication. Yeah. I mean, they, they used to kind of use it for depression or like a sleep aid, but it's so potent that they're like, yeah, this is this is the death drug. We're not going to prescribe this anymore. He took 48 of them. That's a lot. Yeah, and so he's dying, and he's like, read this. It sets you free. And it's like his confession that he did the murder all on his own. 
Gloria had nothing to do with it. And then as he dies, she burns the note and says, Thank you, my t poor dumb darling. And then she's getting in the car with Jerry. Jerry's like, did he do it? Yeah, he did. He took all them fucking pills. And they're like, ah, oh, now we can go live happily ever after. Except for we get a shot of a parrot squawking, help me, Gloria. But not that yeah. it matters. No, at least not for this episode. And then Crypt Keeper's had enough with this episode, and he's putting a noose around his throat. He's decided to uh, to die again? Yeah. This shippy, shitty episode made him want to commit suicide. The manos of, uh, of <laughs> sales from the Crypt episodes. Yeah, and I was like, Crypt Keeper, no, help is available. Call or text 988, the suicide crisis helpline, which I learned today by having to Google Nembutal. You already died once. Don't do it again. Yeah. And he's like, excuse me, kiddies, I'll be with you in a moment. And he does it, and he's hanging there. He's like, so this is suicide, huh? Oh, well, see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> this episode, I hated it. I don't know how I feel about it. I The characters are all shit, but yeah. like... Actually, ironically, the 80s guy is the least worst character in the show. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Um. Uh this episode had surprisingly nothing supernatural to it. Nope. It was just, just straight up murder. Yep. Bad people doing bad fucked up things. And I hated yep. well, I hated fucking Gloria's story of the homeless people. That just disgusted me. Like Yeah, that was that like, was something. Like out of nowhere. She's like, We paid homeless people to watch us have sex. I'm like, what? It's like that that escalated quickly. Yeah, well, the movie jumps over, like, several months to, to that. Now, because of the ending, it may or may not have happened. If, oh. uh, if it did happen, it was something that she wanted, because she's actually in a relationship, like, a legitimate relationship with this dude. You know, I don't think it happened. I think they wanted, you know, James to, like, kill himself early, early on. But he's been holding on like three months, so she has to just keep coming up with more and more fucked up things that are supposed to be happening to push him over the edge. This episode's difficult to like follow, not follow, like, and, but just like understand how it's all set up. It's like, okay, so you have this rich motherfucker, he's married to this one, one girl. The other guy, the guy, 80s guy's boss, wants her, maybe even already having an affair with her but wants the other guy out of the way. So somehow he convinces his friend of his, like, hey, I can get you new insurance, and sends his, like, dopey fucking 80s guy over and basically just uses him as a patsy. Yeah. And this woman just sex magics this guy into wanting to kill. <laughs> like, hey, you compared it to Emmanuel earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, this movie is, um... It's not really good coffee, this episode. Yeah. Kind of bitter, and you're not sure what happened to it at 2 a.m. when you went in and got it. This is like going into a diner, and you get some, like, really runny eggs. Your bacon's kind of chewy, and you ask for coffee, and they're like, we got instant. It kind of tastes like grime. It has a little <laughs> bit of hair in it. You're not sure where it came from. There's, like, a somebody else's lipstick on the mug when they give it to you. Yeah. That's this coffee. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's uh, an interesting episode. It is. Hopefully, next week's gonna be better. 
Yeah, I don't know. They've gotten kind of grim. I, I actually went back and watched the sixth one. Oh, you did yeah. the Miguel Ferrer one. Yeah, that's pretty fucking pretty fucking grim. Next week has a, a decent cast to it that that might uh it tends to lean more towards comedy. Well, that's that's good good news. Yeah, next week has Katie Seagal in it. You know, from Futurama and uh, Dare to Children. Yeah. So we will do that episode next week, but our actual main movie that we're doing this week, uh, we got Satan School for Girls coming on Saturday. Hail Satan. Hail Satan is the theme for the week. So we will catch you then, everybody.